A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So, no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hello, I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and welcome to Not For Nothing, the show where I bring you all the conversations I'm having on a daily basis or the conversations I want to be having. And today we're back with Joseph Tatesian. Hello. Hi, Kyle. Welcome. Not welcome back. Thanks for having <laughs> welcome me back. Welcome back to my space. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't listened to the first episode that Joseph was here, I recommend you do so because he is a Disney expert. Who we talked all things Disney, but he's not just a Disney expert. He is also a, a television enthusiast, yes, as am I. Especially and, classic TV. Yeah, I mean everything. Like, if you want me to love it, you got to wait a few years because it's got to become classic <laughs> before I'll even give a damn. So, um, that's not true. We were just talking about how your brother is in love with the, the Good Wife. Yep. Which is weird because everybody was in love with the Good Wife, and I totally missed it. I think it's what Michael, Michael and Michelle King or Patrick King and Michelle King. I think that's the writers of the show. And and they also wrote um, that new show Evil that's on Paramount Plus. I haven't started it, but I love I love the Kings. Um, But I don't really do drama. Do you do drama? Uh, Not as much as comedy but a little bit you do know classic drama because oh classic definitely you were showing off your like i think it was not landing photos and oh yeah or was it when it comes to like the classic tv nighttime dramas dallas falcon crest not falcon crest that's what it was oh my god because i'm like i don't even know falcon crest um i was way too young to be watching those (laughs) shows but since i'm the baby of the family Uh i you know somehow finagled myself to be able to stay up late even though I should have been in bed. I was watching Dallas at the age of three. Uh-huh. I remember the very first Saturday Night Live episode I ever watched because I thought I had cracked the code. I was like, what is this show? I love this. <laughs> um, and then, I, of course, later finding out it was, you know, one of the greatest American television institutions. And, you know, rival- it, it is a weekly show that rivals the Today Show or Absolutely. the Tonight Show of of its, you know, lasting power but i was like i found a secret little show that no one knows about on a saturday night because i was a kid and but to be of a certain <laughs> age and stay up that late yeah i was not like in trouble for it well i remember i it was on channel 13 because that's the nbc affiliate in alabama and it's i had the little turn uh-huh. click click knobs and i was like <laughs> it's on 13 it's like late late at night <laughs> so but yeah take me through your tv journey how did you how did you become a TV enthusiast? Oh my goodness. Like what, what do you have a, 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 a thing that happened that you were like TV that, that rocks. I don't think there was a thing. It's always been there. It's always been in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, here's the funny thing. You know, you know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I love books. And yeah. I love to read, which I read tons as a kid, but I also mm-hmm. watched way too much TV as a kid. Yeah. And I have no idea how I balanced both, but you know, and, and of course we played outside too. Right. But I mean, when I was little, I was watching reruns of, you know, Three's Company, mm-hmm. and like again, stupid little story. I remember getting in trouble in kindergarten because we were sitting in the back of class, me and a couple of girls, 
chit-chatting about the you know an episode of three's company that we just watched <laughs> the day before <laughs> And That's our teacher funny. came over and in she got kindergarten. Yeah, and she was like, You shouldn't be watching that show. That's not appropriate for us. Of course, we understood nothing of what was happening on right. the show other than they were these silly people and Jack doing his Pratt Falls and whatever. Uh-huh. And and those kind of things that happened to me a lot. I also got in trouble once in the sixth grade for again sitting in the back of the classroom, <laughs> chit chatting with a couple of girls about an episode of Laverne and Shirley that we had just watched. <laughs> Were the girls like as in, into it as you were, or were you sort of teaching them about this show you were watching? <laughs> I was probably, you know, illuminating them right. to the wonders of, of classic television. <laughs> That's fine. And then I think also the fact that you know I'm I'm the baby of the family. I have mm-hmm. you know an older brother and sister that you know are significantly older. Um, you know, I was aware of shows that yeah. I wouldn't have been like a normal kid. So like I was watching like crappy things like Small Wonder, which I love. Or Saved by the Bell, because yeah. that was like my age. Well, I think... But I could also get into like Brady Bunch, which right. was like my brother and sister's age. Well, I don't know if you had this experience in your house. We were a TBS household, I guess. For whatever reason, we were... Because TBS was is still an Atlanta station. And, you know, of course... Um, what's his face? Ted Turner? No, the, the other guy <laughs> in Atlanta. Medea, what's her? Oh, Tyler Perry. <laughs> Tyler, I don't know why Tyler Perry's name just fell out I of my love head. Medea. But you know, Tyler Perry sort of built his studio in Atlanta, and everybody's like, "Atlanta's where it's at." And I'm like, "Bitch, Ted Turner has been there since the '80s." <laughs> like, so we had TBS on in the house, and Saved by the Bell and Gilligan's Island were oh, yeah. on. Where TBS is like mainstays for years, and so that's I, yeah. And I, I still haven't seen the reboot of Saved by the Bell yet. I need to watch it. Just because I'm a I'm a completionist, I tell people yeah. I I like to have the whole story. Um, side note, I'm doing a whole thing. Like I want I I'd never watched Law and Order. Oh, those are good. But I was like, I'm going to start Law and Order because they we have access to it now. And I saw that Law and Order has not just different iterations, but mm-hmm. of itself. But also I didn't realize that the Chicago Fire PD MD is in the Law and Order universe. Mm-hmm. And then there's other shows. I forget the names of them because I've you know, there's so many. There's a couple of shows that are also in the universe of Law and Order. And then on one of those shows, they brought back characters from St. Elsewhere to be on that show. So I've started with St. Elsewhere. Oh boy! Before I start Law and Order, because Saint Elsewhere is brought into the Law and Order universe <laughs> at some point. So I—that's how I watch TV. So I have to watch. I think it's going to be Save about twenty years before you and I can talk. It because really it's take is. You that long to it watch really will. It. it really will. Maybe not. If I, I always say, um, if I watch an episode a day, it'll take less than a year, or whatever. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't have that kind of time because I also watch new shows. But yes, but yeah, um, for me. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but it's worth mentioning again because I'm with you. I My very first memory of all is, in all of life, is watching I Love Lucy with my grandmother. Oh. And so people have always asked me, why is Lucy so important to you? And I'm like, it's just where I started. Like, my grandmother. And, you know, you don't think about it when you're young. But I'm like, why did my grandmother love Lucy so much? Like, why? Like why? What was What was it about that show that she loved so much... Um, because she used to tell me about them. Like, mm. I didn't even think about it. She would tell me about Lucy and tell me about, she's like, yeah, and rumor has it, Vivian Vance and R- William Frawley didn't really even like each other. And this was like early nineties before I started reading the books and knowing the the stuff. Yeah. 
And I just never thought about it. But now I'm like, wow, that was interesting that she was like, she had no idea what she was doing to me. Because oh, she knew. Because she, she could tell it that became, you appreciated that. I think she knew that I appreciated it and she knew that I loved it. But I don't know that she knew that what she was doing was going to create this desire to, <laughs> to, to move to Los Angeles and do that. Yeah. With, you know, do it Lucy style, yeah. which... You and know. see, in, in our off the air conversations, we've talked about watching I Lucy as kids. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I grew up here in LA. Yeah. Born and raised here. And I Love Lucy was always on here. Mm-hmm. It was Channel 11, which is our Fox uh, yeah. local station. And every day there was at least an hour block of I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And then there was the We Love Lucy. So as yeah. a kid, I didn't even know I was watching like the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. Like, I didn't know that existed. Right. But I'd seen them all because they'd cut mm-hmm. them up and made them those yeah. We Love Lucy episodes. So I'd honestly probably seen more I Love Lucy episodes than a lot of the country just because that was a mainstay here mm-hmm. in L.A. Well, and my grandmother, she's dead and gone, but I'll, I'll, shade, I'll shade her for <laughs> making me love Lucy. And she told me, like, okay, so at 10 o'clock I would go down to – I would take a nap. And then at noon I would wake up and – because my grandmother kept me while my mom was teaching school mm-hmm. uh, at noon, I would wake up and she would turn on Isle of Lucy and make me lunch. And she only let me watch one episode of Isle of Lucy. And then I guess it was around sixth grade that I realized Lucy comes on for two hours or for two, two episodes yeah. for an hour from noon to one. And I'm like, she never let me watch it. It was because young and the restless was a 30 minute <laughs> episode that she had to turn over and watch for herself. And I'm like, girl, Oh no! You chose Young and the Restless for yourself over Lucy for me. That's fine though. Those I've seen stories over, were very important. It really to our was, grandmas. and I I love that she she really like. We used to have to on Thanksgiving Day because my where I my family lives. I live on one side of the street, or my mom and now mm-hmm. lives on one side of the street, and across the street is my grandmother, and then even further back behind her house, on the same side of the street is my aunt's house. Wow! Um, but it's a rural farmland, you know, so. We would always go to my aunt's house for for Christmas and Thanksgiving. We would have to go up to my grandmother's house and be like, it's time to go eat. And she's like, but this show's almost over. Oh, no. She's like, I'll, I'll come when it's over. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You are so your grandmother's grandson. <laughs> I really am. So, um, But I totally get appointment television for classic TV, especially in the days before mm-hmm. DVDs, right. where everything was on DVD or you could stream it. I mean... This is probably going to be embarrassing. I shouldn't say this on, on a podcast. You're in a safe but space. When I was in college, uh, up in uh, Berkeley, one of the local stations in San Francisco, every night from 10 to 11, would mm-hmm. show two episodes of Mama's Family. Mm. And every single night, you would find me in my dorm room mm-hmm. with a bag of microwave popcorn pop. I love that. Sitting and watching two episodes of Mama's Family back to back. And what's crazy is Chris, who eventually became my husband, who right. I did not know at the time, was over in San Francisco every night doing the from same 10 thing. to 11 watching Mama's Family. Really? Isn't that bizarre? That's funny. So is that still sort of like a spot of like comfort and and warmth uh, between the two of you or last night while we were having dinner in front of the tv we popped on a mama's <laughs> family episode because we now own them all digitally we do have you... the dvds but we also have them digitally because mm-hmm. we're too lazy to take them out and put them in you know, 
it, that's a real thing. Same with Golden Girls. Like, that's a we, real we, thing. <laughs> we own them physically, digitally. I have them right over there, but they're on Hulu, and I'm like, whatever. I'll yeah. Just, but, like, we It takes a lot of effort. It re- you know, it's, it's <laughs> I can't sad. I am saying that. It's but. sad how lazy, like, because I'm... I, because us moving from Alabama to New York City and then to here and then we've moved around here a few times, as you know, because yes. that's how you and I met. We were neighbors. And then yes. I'm like, well, we're leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> but you live two minutes from us because yeah. we just moved to a different space where moving on up. I'm trying. <laughs> um, speaking of which, we'll talk about that later. Somebody uh, somebody's moving hard. Not <laughs> not me. Possibly. Um, I don't know if it's a moving up, by the way. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I, I've sort of come to this space. You can't tell by looking, but I'm trying to be as much of a minimalist as I can. I know <laughs> you're looking at the books and the stuff that's Ethan's shelf over there with all the glassware and the teapot. It's and, not cluttered or at all. I mean, it's not like, you mm-hmm. know, that's a little cluttered. The bookshelf. I've got to pare down. And everybody move needs around. a cluttered library, but the rest of your place is very clean and sleek. And well, minimalist and that shelf over there people can't see where i'm pointing but i'm pointing at a shelf full of blu-rays that are mostly disney Mm blu-rays diamond editions and stuff i'm actually i'm I'm grappling with the fact that i might get rid of them just because do i need them and disney plus like do you want the special features well and that's the thing we were watching the special we watched the special features because if i have it on the shelf i'll pull it off for the disney stuff especially the project we're doing now because ethan and i started um, in the pandemic, and I knew it was going to take some time, and I was hoping, crossing my fingers, that we're not still in the pandemic when we finish this <laughs> freaking project. But I was like, let's go through and watch every Disney feature film ever released in chronological order. Um, and we have. We're now in the 50s. We just finished Cinderella. Um, and to your consternation, we are <laughs> watching also the direct-to-video sequels with Ooh. them. Because I'm just like, let's just feel the whole don't Disney count. story. They don't count. They're they're terrible. And like we watched Cinderella 2, um, Dreams Come True, I think is what the, the title is. And it... And I watched the special features. Incidentally, that was the very first DVD or first movie they made that used the digital art. Like the digital, it wasn't hand drawn. It was 2D animation done fully on computer. Cinderella 2 was the first. I think it was 2002. Um, And it shows. It's poor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's poor quality. I mean, I'm like, well. And it's not even a great story. No. So I'm just like, well, whatever. It's cute. Are you gonna watch Cinderella three? Cinderella three is actually a pretty good story, I think. Everybody like, loves Cinderella three. It's it's actually I'm like, okay, y'all tried. Like literally Cinderella two. It's like y'all didn't even try. But Cinderella three, I'm like, you tried. That's cute. Cinderella three is like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely a retelling. And I'm like, <laughs> and I showed Ethan the trailer last night, and he goes, they didn't even use any artwork from the new movie. It's all from Cinderella. And I'm like, yeah. I wonder fine. why. It's fine. But anyway. <clears throat> Point being, I'm trying to, like, I'm starting to decide, do I want to get rid of stuff or do I not want to get rid of stuff? And I'm trying to read the barometer because I have a lot of DVDs over there, full series Mm -hmm. of TV shows. And I'm like, my whole theory, even buying those TV shows on DVD before all the streaming services really took off, I was like, I, because, you know, for whatever reason, they would take, they put Golden Girls on Hulu and then they'd take it off. And I'm like, why are you taking it off? Why don't you just leave it? Mm-hmm. Pay the money, leave it there. We'll pay them. We'll pay the fees for Hulu, and we'll watch it whenever we want. My whole theory was I want to buy the DVDs that I want access to them, no matter what, at all times. Absolutely. And yeah. um, 
And now I'm trying to read the barometer. I'm like, are they going to stay? Are they going to stay available for the rest of all time? Or are they going to take them off and I'm going to have to go buy the DVDs after? Because I did. I bought Buffy and got rid of it once. And now Buffy was hard to find. I'm like, well, good God. <laughs> I was like, I got rid of them because you were on streaming. And so now I'm like. I'm That's just why gonna... you keep the ones that are the most important <laughs> right. and closest. Like, I own all the D- Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. I will never get rid of them. Will you not? I've had other stuff where I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't need this movie. You know? Well, And same with some of the TV shows. Like, you know. Um, you know, forgive me, Mary Tyler Moore fans, but you know, love it had the whole thing on DVD, but we didn't need them all because mm-hmm. they're all available on one yeah. of the streaming services. Well, and the thing was so before, I don't know what was going on with Betty White, but like used to, they only had the first four seasons of Mary Tyler Moore streaming. They would not release the Betty White years. And I'm like, what's happening? Don't blame it on Betty. It wasn't. Well, I just, I mean, it's not Betty's fault, but I'm like, what is it about her that you don't want to put it on streaming? So, I don't know. But now it's on streaming. You can see yes. all of them. So, um, But I am disappointed. Like, I wish people were as nerdy as you and me. <laughs> because I'm like, you put Mary Tyler Moore streaming on Hulu. But there's no Rhoda. There's no Phyllis. There's no Lou Grant. Oh. And I'm like, would you please give me the full story? Seriously. Especially like, Phyllis, which is like n- never on reruns anywhere. Right. And, um, and miraculously, like, I had to like, because adjust- I've been taking Ethan on this journey of watching TV because he, oh, he never was Ethan. a... He was never a TV person, and I'm like, and I'm this nerdiness, and I'll stop talking so incessantly because it's bright early in the morning. Um, I take him on the journey of an actor, too, when I show him the show because mm-hmm. I'm like, because, okay, I haven't really talked about this in public, but I'm going to talk about it now. And let me just preface this with saying that I think Bill Cosby is a disgusting human being, and he deserves... <laughs> everything negative and terrible that comes his way for the end of his life for all that he has done. However, Ethan had never seen the Cosby show. We started watching it and I'm like, shit, this holds up. <laughs> I'm like, this is good. Yeah. It's one of the best shows ever created. And then he had like, I was sort of taking him through, taking him through the journey of like the, the journey that, that, african-americans went through on tv and like that was a turning point at cosby that led to family matters that led to fresh prince of bel-air and then some other things led to living single with queen latifah and kim fields and mm-hmm. who's the other oh uh alexander uh alexandra uh, erica alexander mm-hmm. from the cosby show she was on that too so i was like it's interesting to see them in two different roles so i was like okay we're gonna go back to L- different strokes so that you can watch different strokes that's lead which leads to fan uh, to um facts of life facts of life where kim fields was mm-hmm. and and to tootie and then we're gonna watch the fresh prince of bel-air which had crossovers from jasmine guy from the cosby show from uh different, different world, world which we are st- watching in simultaneously with the cosby show and also had Malcolm Jamal Warner on there a couple of time, a time or two. Raven Simone has guest starred on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, so I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm showing him all these like people who sort of bled into one another, and I don't know. I'm sure Kim Fields popped up on Fresh Prince. I don't know. I haven't probably. Seen. Everybody did, mm-hmm. and like Uncle Phil pops up one time on one episode of Family Matters because everybody kept getting the the fat dads from TV from black TV mixed <laughs> up. So they they made a whole joke out of that. So I'm showing him like this like nuance of TV culture, mm-hmm. and on Pluto TV, which I think you introduced me to. I did. App, it's very dangerous. I I highly recommend this because it's advertised 
It's advertisements, yeah. just like regular TV, mm-hmm. but it's a little more curated. You can watch an episode, an episode, an episode in full mm-hmm. stream. I mean, you can just turn on a channel, yep. but you can also pick what you want to watch. And they have Three's Company, which I just bought, which is hard to find on DVD. But they also have The Ropers and Three's a Crowd. Three's Blech. a Crowd. So, which... So that that I'm like okay, so I don't know when that's gonna leave Pluto TV. So I've got to hurry up and get him to Three's Company. <laughs> but I'm like, but you know what? That's not what made Don Knotts famous. So I was like, we're gonna go back to the Andy Griffith Show, watch mm-hmm. the Andy Griffith Show, watch Gomer Pyle USMC, and then watch Mayberry RFD. RFD. When do y'all have time? We don't. Well, and that's what somebody said. Somebody's like, how do y'all have time for this? I said, this is a project I started at day one, and we've been together for almost 12 years. So <laughs> that's what's happening. That's so, a lot of TV. Yeah, I, that's what I put him through, and that's what I do. And it's I'm, all fun stuff. It just takes a lot fun. of time. And we do. We don't just sit around and watch TV. I mean, well, it takes, I, I know you know, that. we watch an episode or two a night, maybe. Well, it would get overwhelming too. Like uh-huh. Too much, too much of a good thing is wonderful, but sometimes it's yeah. like, okay, I've had enough. I need a break. Right. So, what about you? What is your habits of television? Uh, well, I mean, thinking of '80s TV, some mm-hmm. of it, you know, we've revisited in the last year or two since yeah. they popped up on streaming, and they do not hold up. Mm-mm. No. Like, and I'm probably going to make some enemies, but. Stuff I adored as a kid. Like, I love Nell Carter. Love, love, love. I know exactly. I was just about to bring this up. But give me a break. That joke, that number, that joke in the pilot episode. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That is terrible. Do you want to tell the joke? No. (laughs) I'll tell it. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell it. You're from the South. You can do it better. Right. Well, Nell Carter, (laughs) if you don't know, give me a break. Also, first point of reference, give me a break is my very favorite theme Theme song. song. It's a great theme song. Uh, Because Nell Carter sings it herself. Um, but the dad, she's working for a white family. She's a maid working for a white family. And in the pilot episode, I don't remember what they're talking about because I haven't seen it in years. So you should preface that the dad is the police chief of the town. He's the police. He's a newly widowed. They have three daughters Uh and Nell was their kind of housekeeper beforehand. And now that the mother is dead, she had to step up and really, she started doing stuff. So anyway, the whole point was. The dad, and I may, this is paraphrasing, but the dad was like, you know what the problem with our, with our society is? And he's like, bussing. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I was like, that's just full racism. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and everybody laughed. Because the joke wasn't his racism. The joke was Nell Carter's response to his statement. But still, it's like, Nell Carter, you should have walked out of that godforsaken house right then and there yeah like there's if a that lot was real of life. yes sir massa type yeah. jokes mm-hmm. and but the thing is they're not at nell's expense there's a lot of nell throwing that back at them yeah which i don't know if they were trying to show like a backwards type of power right but and it I'm, comes across as very uncomfortable and today. i'm just like are you trying to make him have racist views and then hold nell carter up to see say he see he's not yeah, he's, he's not, not a bad guy. This is not a bad guy, and this is not true. This is what actual black people are in this country. And I'm like, oh, it was all a weird, yeah. I don't, you know, it was too much. So, yeah, maybe so. an episode here or there, but I'm just like, yeah, this didn't hold up. Mm-hmm. E- even when they added the cute little Joey later on. Right. And I love Telma Hopkins, too, who was Telma like Hopkins in is, everything. Yeah. And she's great in everything she does. Mm-hmm. But she seems to, like, slide in quietly. Uh-huh. And she also seems to slide, slide out, out quietly. <laughs> like, there was no explanation as to why she left Family Matters. No. Not a bit. But her son stayed. I'm like, 
Why don't you take your son with you? Maybe she opened a franchise of her little Well, they did say one Christmas episode on Family Matters. They were like, mom's coming back from taking care of Aunt So-and-so in California. And I'm like, we Aunt Nell? Yeah, Aunt <laughs> Nell. After she's, you know, be bedridden from all the racism she had to take care of. But I'm like, we never even talked about that. But uh-uh. then there's Judy. Oh, the Judy Winslow. missing daughter. She just she went after up the gra- stairs after Grandma's wedding. She went upstairs and, and never, she came, never back. came back. And they never so talked about she her. She was yeah. Oh well. But not only did they not talk about her, there's a later episode where Carl Winslow says, "We have two great kids." Yeah. On a Christmas set. I think it was actually the same episode that Telma Hopkins comes back. <laughs> and they were like, "You are just playing fast and loose with this storyline." Eh, that happens on sitcoms. So, what do you think about changing the cast like that? Um, How do you feel about it? You know, it's it's tough, and very few shows are able to do it mm-hmm. super super successfully. Yeah, like I think back to like you know going back to classic classic TV, mm-hmm. going back to Bewitched. Yeah, where there were multiples, so there were two Mrs. Kravitz because mm-hmm. the first Mrs. Kravitz uh, passed away from cancer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know she died. And I loved both, but the second Mrs. Kravitz was just adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, of obviously the two Darrens, which everybody knows, and as a kid. I, I didn't notice it, mm-hmm. which I don't know what that tells you about, you know, and I'm a very observant person, right. but I was like, but now as an adult, I'm like, totally see a difference. Darren, number one, I love because, yeah. you know, crazy things happen, but in the end, they, everything works out and mm-hmm. they always kiss at the end. Yeah. And there's, there's a great chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Darren, number two, Dick Sargent, the closeted Because it was Dick Darren. York and Dick Sargent. So yeah. even the names, they were like nobody will notice so something would happen it'd get to the end sam would go in to kiss darren and darren looked like he was ready to just sock her as soon as the camera like faded to well, black dick Sargent had a i'm going to murder you in your sleep face a yeah. little bit so. but i honestly think it's because he was like closeted and i think like was he, he closeted yes I thought- he didn't come out to like the early 90s yeah and that's when he was like the grand marshal of the pride parade in la and elizabeth montgomery rode with him to yeah. support him and after that he like literally his like physical like mm-hmm. ambiance change well isn't that interesting because that's kind of the same story as um what's his name why names are falling out <laughs> of my head it's early reed R- robert reed oh mr brady because he was him. sort of he was notorious for being um for being difficult on yes. set and then come to find out that he's like like and florence henderson loved like <laughs> the joy that is her yes she's like oh he's homo yeah. Like that's I I can tell by the way he kisses. I'm like, "Girl, who you been kissing?" Like, you you know. She's from musical theater. Of right. course she knows. Right. <laughs> she she had a, a few slips near Liza Minnelli mm-hmm. storylines, I'm sure. But it's funny cuz I don't know what this says about me as a child when I would watch Bewitched reruns when they would change the 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 Darrens. Yeah. I, like I remember because you know they they played them on on a syndication yeah. in order, and I was like, ah, oh, Darren had some work done. That was your thought. That was my done? thought. I was like, that's hilarious. He, I was like, he had a facelift, and I'm like, I'm ten. What do I know about facelifts? I'm like, he he shouldn't have changed. I mean, I was just like, you know, people change their face. I he, thought Hollywood changed their face. He needs a refund because his doctor did not right. do a good job. Well, it's that's funny. <laughs> um, what do you think about changing? Um, I think the two most famous changing of actors for the same role is probably i mean maybe that maybe you can shed light but the two that stick out in my head the most is darren mm-hmm. and also aunt viv aunt on viv. fresh Prince. absolutely fresh 
mm-hmm. and I loved Aunt Viv one. And actually, I mean, I like the actress who played Aunt mm-hmm. Viv too, but Aunt Viv one was just well, and so good. Is it, it's Daphne Reed, right? Yes, it's Daphne, Daphne Maxwell Reed. Because her husband is the dad on Sister Sister. Yes, he is. And so and it's he, just so and fun. He was on WKRP to, in Cincinnati. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved. Uh, what's her? What's the first Aunt Viv's name? Um, if I hadn't tried to say it, I'd know it. Um, ooh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Janet Hubert. Janet Hubert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah, and and I feel bad for her because did you watch the oh, Fresh Pint absolutely. Prince uh, reunion? She's like, you ruined me. Yeah, and like, and I feel bad for all the players because there's just something about being at the top of the call sheet. You, this is your show, and so I don't rightly fault Will Smith too much for being like, you need to lay off me because I'm top of the call sheet, mm-hmm. and 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 I, I the process of Hollywood for better or worse, I feel like. It is what it is. You took a job under as third on the call sheet, mm-hmm. and Will Smith's top. So you got to know your place. But also, Will Smith, I feel bad because he was so young, yeah. and he just he didn't even think about what calling a black woman difficult in Hollywood was going to do to her. Yeah. And and that sucks that, that they're now friendly again. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're on good terms. But it's like, but you you took thirty years of her career away. Yeah. And so I feel bad for everybody involved because. Um, but it was nice to see him like mm-hmm. take responsibility for it. Yeah, I mean and that say was great. He realized that I was right. young. I didn't handle this properly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a sad situation. It is a sad situation, and I think that's probably something that a lot of people deal with. With is when you, a fully developed adult, take a, a job that's three or four slots on the call sheet below someone who's very, very much your junior. Mm-hmm. Th- they're the boss. Yeah. They 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 run the show. So I mean, it's it it is just how it is, and that's that's the hierarchy, and you have to deal with it. But um, how do you feel about changing actors like that? I mean, do you have any kind of like fast and hard like feelings about it, or is it just case by case basis? I mean, I think it's it's got to be case by case mm-hmm. because you know I can't think of a replaced actor. Can you think of anybody that happened where it was just like, oh my God, this is a disaster. I could think of people being brought in when mm-hmm. somebody has yeah, passed away. Yeah, but the replacement. Um, and, I think... And it's kind of changed the direction or the tone yeah. of the show. But I think Aunt Viv was weird because they got some... Like, I mean, not to get too nuanced, but the, the first Aunt Viv, what's her name again? Janet Hubert? Yes. Yeah, she was this... Very tall, model-esque, dark-skinned black yes. woman who was just beautiful angles, gorgeous, and yes. she was a dancer. Yeah, and like she had that episode where oh, she she did the dance. She ripped those young girls apart and then fell out. And the in the in the, <laughs> the after she walked out the door, I mean that was golden. But then they had a shorter, light-skinned, kind of more rotund Aunt Viv come in to replace her, and she it's was just more like, of like a like high society, right? You know, elegance mm-hmm. type woman. Yeah, but she, I mean, and, and not to take away from Daphne Reed, because she had some, because like there was that scene in the, um, in the sheriff's office or the the police department where Janet Hubert's ripping her earrings out, ready to get busy with that uh-huh. sheriff, and Daphne Reed had some. We're about to get busy moments too. Yeah. But it was just very different energy. So they changed the entire character. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mrs. Kravitz, they found someone who could embody that busybodiedness in a yeah. in a in a different way, but same character. And, you know, and were, Darren too. There were two Louises too. A lot of people don't remember that. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, because the first Louise didn't have as much screen time right. as the second Louise. Mm-hmm. And the actress was just kind of boring. Right. The original one. So and, and I, I'm OK with that being like, we can we can spice this up. She was just a nothing character. But I'm like, mm, we can spice that up. Um, one that I was disappointed in was a lot of people don't know that they replaced Harriet Winslow in season in the last season of Fam- Family Matters. She left. She left. She was like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, because it was her character that br- that created the show That's from right. Perfect Strangers. She her, was the elevator was operator at the newspaper. And the ABC canceled Family Matters and CBS picked them up. And she said, I'll stay just long enough to sort of transition to CBS and then I'm leaving. And then they got canceled. I'm like, I wonder if she would have stayed if she'd have known this was going to be the last season total because it went it went bonkers off the wall that show. Yeah. How do you feel about that? When about it, because it was like this cutesy little family show about family matters, and Urkel was this one off character of right. like Laura has to go on a date with a nerd, yeah. but then the nerd was so popular they kept bringing him back, kept bringing him back until finally at the end it, it was his the show. Urkel show. It was his show and Urkel and the dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was their sort of. How do you feel about changing the entire premise over the course of that? Does that? How does that? I mean, if it feels like it's natural, Mm -hmm. which that show it was a natural evolution, and the writers were able to make it happen. Mm -hmm. If it's forced, like you know, where um, sometimes it works. You know, think about a show like Laverne and Shirley. You know, they were these two women who were living in a basement in Milwaukee, and then a couple years in, they're like, you know what, we're moving to L.A. And they literally picked up the entire show. And then mm-hmm. for some reason, several key people decide to also move to California, too. <laughs> but then there's one or two new people that right. you know, to interact with. Now they have new settings to work with. Uh-huh. So, I mean, sometimes it works. Yeah. They, I'm, I'm in the process of watching the Lucy show because... Well, and, and I mean, I Love Lucy did it, too. Think, But they mm-hmm. did it so cleverly. I, I Love Lucy. With their two I, trips. I can, I can always... Yeah, they did it clever. But then... And their whole seasons. They told the story... Of America, I think, with I Love Lucy in that in that space, because they told the story of like in the very, very, very beginning, the infancy of I Love Lucy. It was just in this tiny little apartment, mm-hmm. a husband and wife stories, and then they brought in the neighbors, and then they started taking them out of the house a little bit, and then they took them on vacation, and then they're like, mm-hmm. "We're going to do it again." Mm-hmm. And then by the end, they moved them to this big farmhouse in the country, which is what everybody in America was doing. Yeah. Moving out of the cities and getting bigger homes and moving to the suburbs by the by the end of it. And I even enjoy the, uh, the Lucy Desi comedy hour because mm-hmm. most people don't agree with me. But I love, my favorite is... <clears throat> is Lucy's career, the one where she becomes the Girl, the Girl Friday. Friday yeah. And I'm like, she finally gets what she wants. And it's like, and I don't at need the end it. she realizes I don't this need it. isn't what I really want. And wanted. I'm like, I'm so glad we had that payoff. She finally got her job in, in, in the business a yeah. little bit, and she just didn't need it. So My I'm, favorite Lucy Desi is the first one, the which is Havana. how Lucy yeah. and Ricky Ricardo meet on the cruise. It's so mm-hmm. cute. I love it. And, I, and see, that's another thing. Lucy used to do trade-offs she would come as lucy ricardo on other people's shows mm-hmm. and i'm like i want to see those shows you don't you can't find the ann southern show anywhere yeah so you know that Which was, was a desilu show yeah that was a desilu show um i love how we've gone through like 75 sitcoms well, within is, like six minutes this is how conversations with you and me go like <laughs> and so i hope true. everybody is like enjoying it because jot it down jot down all of the the shows we've mentioned um there's so much more in between so 
that being said, you said a minute ago, bringing people in. How do you feel about, A, having a baby, and then next year they're in school? Yeah, they're like six years old. Six years years old, old, because they want to skip all that garbage of toddlers. And B, just bringing someone in, like the best, the the examples that come to my head, bringing someone in to bring new life to the show Mm -hmm. is Raven Simone and the Cosby Show. That one was good and successful. And Leonardo DiCaprio on Family, or on Um, uh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains, yes. So. Usually those don't work out mm -hmm. very well. And it's like, oh my God, we can tell the show is on its last legs. Mm -hmm. Growing Pains, they had a daughter at the end. Who was a baby one season, and then the next season she was like six right. or seven. Mm-hmm. She was annoying. Yeah. Then she, she was, was on that uh, show with Betty White and um, Marie Osmond. Really? I don't yeah, know Yeah, she was one. the daughter on that one, which only lasted a season. I can't she was remember on, the show. Um, she was on another show, Blind Spot. She was in uh, What Women Want with Mel Gibson mm-hmm. and Helen Hunt. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, she herself, the actress, is pretty compelling. But, yeah. like, they just made her this smart-mouthed little girl. And then they... Have done several reunions, but mm-hmm. like that show is kind of plagued with problematic people. Yeah, let's not get too deep in that. So <laughs> uh, they had the the kid on Family Ties, mm-hmm. which was like okay, that's another one by the way that does not hold up today. Which, does it not? No, at yeah. least for me, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't. I'm I'm compelled. It's by weird. That. Some I feel like '70s shows for some reason hold up better mm-hmm. than a lot of the early to mid 80s shows right I, I i wonder if maybe we can speak on this a little bit i wonder if it's because the 60s and the 70s revolution was in the air yeah. and like and it's kind of revolutions in the air again today like we're we realize oh nothing is better or nothing's finished no. things are better but nothing is finished we got we have we still have, we have a lot do. of work to do to make life equal for everyone and that was the same energy in the 70s and 60s. But in the 80s, everybody kind of was like, oh, racism's done. Kind of a little bit, you know. And then it was even so much so, I think, that like, like, give me a break. Racism was so far out of people's minds now that it was funny. Yeah. Like, it was like racism may not be over, but it's inconsequential to mm-hmm. their actual lives is, was the thought. I mean, and that's not true. Mm-mm. It wasn't true. People were just kind of, I guess keeping their mouth shut and looking the other way. <laughs> and now we're like, mm, we don't do that anymore mm-hmm. because we're watching Freeform, a Disney channel, mm-hmm. you know, affiliate. We, cause we were watching blackish and we yeah. watched blackish grownish and mixedish, mixedish, which, and they're, they were thinking about doing oldish too. And I don't think that's happening now. Everybody's like, we should do it. And everybody's like, we're not doing it because Kenya Barris has moved on. He's uh-huh. not even, he doesn't even have a contract with Disney anymore. He's, he's ending his shows and then moving on to Netflix, I think is where he's headed. But um, on Blackish, or no, Mixed It, the other one, <laughs> <laughs> on Grownish, on a Disney Channel show, they're now tackling race, you know, critical race theory. They're mm-hmm. tackling Black Lives Matter. They're doing mm-hmm. all that. And it's like, if you can bring that to a family-oriented space, then I think we're doing good. And we're going to see more of that in the upcoming... It's not even a reboot. It's a continuation of the the Disney Channel cartoon, The Proud Family. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Which was super groundbreaking yeah. when it started. It's coming mm-hmm. back. Uh, is it coming back to Disney Channel or Disney Plus? I can't remember. It might be whatever it is, but it is going to mm-hmm. be... I've seen some stuff for it. Really? And it's great. And it's just... It's so of today mm-hmm. but 
it's also going to be very eye-opening in a good way, just right. like the original series was. Well, and I'm glad that Disney... And it's authentic. That's the thing. I love that. There's no pandering. There's no... It's it's not a group of white mm-hmm. people writing, this is what we think black people should right. think or say. No, this is like made by actual African-American mm-hmm. artists and talent, and it's wonderful. Well, and with Disney, I... Disney has the resources to always make things authentic if they want to. Mm-hmm. And if some if, uh, if something comes out by Disney and it feels inauthentic, it's because they didn't try. Yeah, I mean they have the resources to do that now, and that and I'm glad. But that's the thing. That being said, Disney is doing groundbreaking work for things they didn't have to do mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And people are like, "Yeah, well," I'm like, "No, they're they're peppering in." You know, LGBTQ plus characters. They are telling stories that are yeah they they could do more but why it would feel it would feel inauthentic if yes. they did but um so i'm i'm glad of that i'm glad mm-hmm. that we're we've we've i feel like the tipping point as malcolm gladwell says we've got this tipping point where disney is now taking stories very seriously like that mm-hmm. that we have to change the what children are seeing just to make sure everybody sees a reflection mm-hmm. of themselves in their entertainment and that's what that was in the late nineties and early two thousands. Everybody's like, "Why do we have to have this shoved down our throat on TV?" And it's like, because this is where you learn. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love TV because it brings stories of today into your life. And that's why I still like eighties TV because that was the stories of the day. And it's like it yeah. it doesn't hold up. And and Friends doesn't even hold up anymore. But you know what? Some shows, you know, not to be biased, but some shows like Golden Girls holds up incredibly mm-hmm. well today just because of the quality of the writing right. and the quality of the acting. Designing women, some of it holds up. Yeah. Some of it does not. Right. But you can still sit back and watch it and be like, this is this is fun. It's this funny. is enjoyable. Yeah. Or it's a good time capsule of mm-hmm. that late 80s, early 90s. And of course, that show had its own kind of internal drama. Mm-hmm. But it's great. And then that had a great spinoff, which I wish had um, yeah. gotten some it, gotten I don't know chance. if it's still on Amazon Prime, but it was. We the, watched it. The Women of the House. Yeah. With uh, Delta Burke now in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. One of her and Patricia old Heaton, husbands. One of Patricia Heaton's first shows. Yeah. Which, by the way, does that woman not age? Because Patricia Heaton on that so. show looks just as good as Patricia Heaton mm-hmm. in the middle. Yeah. Exactly. Which and is another great show. If y'all haven't watched The Middle. I haven't seen In The Middle. <laughs> oh my God. The Middle is one of the most, let me put it this way. Like everybody loves Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso is so um, sweet and endearing yeah. and genuine without being like sickeningly sweet. Right. The Middle is and just that. And it's not that. belly laughs either, Ted no. Lasso, but I love it so much. The Middle is just this charming mm-hmm. show that is somewhat relatable i mean i'm not from the middle i'm a, I'm a southern californian but right. somehow i relate to this family who mm-hmm. is a complete mess even though my family wasn't and and you know frankie heck which is patricia heaton's character is like the worst housekeeper of yeah. a home which was the opposite of my mother my mother was like you know the house is still you know perfect really to this day. oh yeah yeah that's just that's just how she was raised but i just find that you will find this show charming and it went on see it. forever and ever and ever it's on it's on something because uh, we watch it now still like, you know. Well, it's an ABC show, right? It was an ABC show uh, filmed here at Warner Ranch in Burbank. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be in Indiana. Yeah. And it's hilarious because every time I, I see it, I'm like, they're in Burbank. Well, and I love Patricia Heaton because she's highly intelligent, mm-hmm. but also she she still sways conservative. 
And yeah. and I, you and I both have a respect for people with different views mm-hmm. today so much. And I, and I don't want to get preachy, but so many people just, if you do not believe the way I believe, I'm writing you off. And yeah. I'm like, listen to her. She's actually somebody that you can, that, that's very caring. And I have a friend who is a very successful actor in, you know, in the business. He's, I mean, and when I say successful, he's always working. He's always on some show. He's on, like every last se- two seasons ago, every time I turned on the TV, I was like, there's my friend Ernie, uh, Ernie Gonzalez Jr. And he was on Patricia Heaton's uh, Carol's second act. And he said, I've never met someone so sweet and so caring for the people underneath her on the call sheet. And wow. he said, That's they, fantastic. they, um, she, they, he had a particular scene. Did you watch Carol's second act? No. Do I need to? Add it was it to cute. My list? It, it it got canceled, and but I liked it. I really liked all the characters because what's her name, Brittany Snow, I think that's who it was that was on it. Um, was Carol's daughter, and the guy from Baby Daddy was uh, a resident because it was Carol's second act. She was a science teacher mm-hmm. who decided at fifty she wanted to go back to medical school, and she's a resident with all these young people now. Oh, that's cute. And it was nice. It was like she was Mama Carol and everything. But my friend Ernie played a man with hemorrhoids. Um, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> but it and it's a, it was filmed in front of a live studio audience, which I think's why what killed it. Nobody's interested in that, even though that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um. He was on there, but they filmed his portion a day ahead of time or two days ahead of time, not in front of the live audience, I guess to save time, whatever, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And so Patricia Heaton went to my friend Ernie and he, she was like, so you're going to be, you're done, but you'll come back for the taping on Friday night, right? So that you can take the curtain call with us. Aww. And he's like, well, no, I didn't anticipate coming back. And he goes, and I'm just, you know, I'm just, he, I'm just visiting i'm not on the show and she goes no 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 you have to come back and take the curtain call and so she went to the director and the producers and she said will you please convince ernie to come back wow to take the curtain call with us because it's important he he helped make the show wow and so he they did they he they gave him tickets to bring his husband uh to and to, did they announce the, him? And now man with hemorrhoids yeah they did so <laughs> so like i i that you don't find that and no. you don't find that. And, and it's sad that she couldn't have more success with another show because she could very well be kind of a Julia Louis-Dreyfus person having success after success after success because that's what she does. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I like Patricia Heaton. I'm I do fan. too. I do too. Something that I'm very, very, very interested in is TV dynasties. People mm-hmm. who sort of own an entire night of television. And it's not happening quite as much anymore but um like when i think of that i'm thinking of gary marshall with mm-hmm. happy days laverne and shirley mork and mindy and laverne and chachi <laughs> Johnny loves Johnny chachi, loves chachi. Johnny loves chachi and i know there's there's another one in there somewhere isn't there for him in that in that universe uh i can't remember or is that it? That might be it. But that, and then also... Didn't he do... He did one called Blansky's Beauties with Nancy Walker. Oh, did he? That was somehow a spinoff of the whole Happy oh, Days yeah, yeah. world. Um, there's that. And then there's Norman Lear with oh, All in the Family, Maude, Jefferson. I've gotten to meet him. What an incredible man. I would love to meet him. I'm listening to his podcast now. It's not amazing, but, you know, can't do everything. Uh, <laughs> because... Um, but then we move on to today, modern iterations of that, like Shonda Rhimes. Mm-hmm. She owned Thursday. 
She mm-hmm. owned Thursday on ABC, and I love a Shonda Rhimes show. Um, how do you feel about people who get that kind of success and start and just milk their own brand for as much as they are they can? And also, what's your favorite? If you have any. Wow, that's hard. I mean, I have to say, like you said, it's rare. And the, Mary Tyler Moore did it too, though. And the folks that have done it, though, they've all done it well. I think that's mm-hmm. why it's rare. Yeah. Because networks then give them the the freedom to say, you know what? Yeah, we trust you. So add one more, add one mm-hmm. more, add one more. But you're right. And with Mary Tyler Moore, it wasn't just the spinoffs from her show, but shows like, you know, New Heart and stuff. All mm-hmm. those MTM produced shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, even though most of them were before my time and your time, mm-hmm. all of those Norman Lear shows, like it's it's really incredible mm-hmm. uh from Maud to jefferson's to all in the family right to crappy stuff like gloria which was the all in the family spin-off mm-hmm. spin-off um <laughs> what's another good um oh i mean and then like norman lear still my favorite i don't know if you watched it if you haven't and if your listeners haven't the remake or reboot i should say of uh one day at a time mm-hmm. it was phenomenal Incredible. i didn't i haven't watched the cbs season because it started on netflix yes. and the netflix f- for whatever reason After decided two to, seasons to just it. cancel it and then they brought brought it back for another season on it was cbs on pop tv first yeah pop tv yeah and then it finished on cbs and then it finished on cbs and it's hard to find the it's the, so the later the lighter two seasons honestly because it's a million times better than the original one day mm-hmm. time which the original I get it it was filling a specific you know all of Norman Lear's were yeah. giving you a reason for being well there. and what I love about Norman Lear's is they like no I don't know how he did it that that's the genius of him like mm-hmm. if you just sort of put Archie Bunker in a vacuum his racism and his misunderstanding of society even Mm -hmm. at that day Mm -hmm. is so dated and so backwards but he found a way to let the viewers know 100 this is a product of today if you ever watch this ever again Mm -hmm. you're taking a step back in time this has no way of being relevant in it it has no it has it's not trying to be cutting edge or relevant in that way it's just taking a slice of life of this person right here and it's just weird because like like Friends, for instance, they were like, this is modern New York. And it's like, no, it surely is not. <laughs> it wasn't then. It isn't now, but it is still enjoyable. But Norman Lear, he just he pierced the mind, I think, of, of all that. So I think he he just brought so much to people's consciousness mm-hmm. that people weren't either exposed to or mm-hmm. didn't want to see or didn't want to right. hear or didn't want to talk about. Because mm-hmm. back then, people just didn't talk about things. Yeah. Well, even with I Love Lucy, she being the very first pregnant woman mm-hmm. on television, they were very delicate about sort of Isn't that trickling silly? it in. But then Norman Lear is like, B. Arthur's going to be the first person to have an abortion on TV. And we're going to. like 50s. In her 50s. And we're going to run through the brick wall. We're not going to be delicate. We're going to, yeah. you know, and not throw it in your face, but it's just, again, a slice of life that this happens to people. Here she is. We're, you know, she herself will be delicate about it in the story. Me, the storyteller, you're going to listen to it. Yeah. And that that's wonderful. He did what he wanted to because he was bold enough to do it and he got away with it and it worked. And and I don't know. And I know that's there's, you know, there's a lot of Hollywood politics in that, too. You know, mm-hmm. it, it takes the correct person. You know, it takes, you know, because Desi Arnaz, the Cuban born band leader, could not 
be as bold in Hollywood as um, Norman Lear, a white Jew in Hollywood, could, in a sense, because, you know, you got to walk the line. And it took everything they had to, you know, to do what they did, Desi and Lucy. And I don't, I, I have Norman Lear's book over there. I haven't read it yet, um, but I don't know what it took for him yet. So I'm looking forward to know. Good stuff. I love it. So, but you never answered my question. What's your favorite? What's your favorite uh, TV god who owned a night of TV? Norman Lear, Gary Marshall, Mary Tyler Moore. That's hard. <laughs> because they all have their own, you yeah. know. Like I love Norman just just because mm-hmm. so much good stuff that you know. And we didn't even mention like the good times and just all those other yeah. aspects. You know, Mary. You know, I'm I've been watching Mary Tyler Moore like on my lunch breaks, and really? I'm on season seven, about to finish. I love Phyllis. I wish there was Phyllis yeah. around that we could see. I loved Rhoda. I watched Lou Grant. I was watching Lou Grant a couple of years ago, and Chris was like, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, "This is Lou Grant. Yeah. It's so good, and it's not a comedy." That's weird. That's really weird, and I love it that yeah. they spun off from a comedy to a drama. Yeah, and I'm just like. And any show that's Nobody filmed that. in LA that takes place in LA, I love seeing, like, I love even, I mean, this is so cheesy, but I love the old dragnets from the 60s, mm-hmm. even though they're so dated and so, uh, like, morals of the moment, which yeah. are so, like, really, guys, come yeah. on, they're ridiculous. <laughs> but I love seeing LA from back in the day uh-huh. and what's still here, what's not there. So those kind of things I, I enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know where that is. Or I was just there yesterday and it looks exactly the same. Or, mm-hmm. or wow, they tore that down and they, that's a gas station now? How sad. Right. I think my, my, my biggest sadness is the Gelson's and Silver Lake that used to be Disney Studios. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sucks. Tore it down a long time ago. Right. But you know, there's somebody else we haven't mentioned is Aaron Spelling. He had yeah. so many great, ridiculous shows. We're watching shows. Beverly Hills 90210 right now. Yeah. I mean, so, from Love Boat mm-hmm. to Dynasty. To the very last iteration of Lucille Ball, Life with Lucy oh, was an Life Aaron Spelling show. Yeah. So I'm watching that right now, too. That was, are you? That was a Christmas, uh, birthday present. I oh, really? Finally got the I DVDs. haven't gotten it yet because I'm going to get it because I started my friend Flo, Florent, who's mm-hmm. French, on Isle of Lucy because he'd never seen it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it before I let him watch it because <laughs> I just, you know, you pull it out and you start watching it. So I went through all of Isle of Lucy and finished it and handed it off to him. And I'm like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go to the Lucy show and then I'm going to transition into uh, Here's Lucy. But I'll, I don't even have all the seasons of Here's Lucy yet. I only have the first four. So I'm going to buy them when I get there and yeah. then I'll buy Life with Lucy Life when with I get Lucy. there. But also the other day I bought Stone Pillow, which Ooh. is the dramatic TV movie she yeah, did. So. She plays a homeless woman in New York. But at, but yeah, Aaron Spelling. Um, do you have a favorite Aaron Spelling show? Because he was in everything. Love Boat. Love Boat. Yeah. yeah. Love Boat was. It was such a. It was such a space for TV to come together. Mm-hmm. Everybody on TV came to Love Boat. Old Hollywood stars yeah. and the top stars of the day mingling together mm-hmm. on the Pacific Princess. Like I read, um, I have quite a soft spot for that show. Melissa Sue Anderson from the from uh, Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. She, I was reading her book the other day, and she's like, "Yeah, I did a few episodes of The Love Boat." And mm-hmm. then uh, Gavin McLeod. How do you say his name? Gavin McLeod. Yeah, Gavin McLeod. Because I've never heard it spoken. You know, really? I don't think I have. I think oh yes, Gavin McLeod. Gavin McLeod. That Sweet was his. Man. That was his Loved show. Him. You he know? was very kind. He seemed like somebody who's just like wanted a space to live and do his work. Mm-hmm. And Mary Tyler Moore was that space for him. And the love boat was that space for him. So Captain Steubing. I love it. What a great guy. Um, 
I haven't watched much of The Love Boat. Like see, I've only gone and seen episodes of my favorite people. I need well, to, it's on Pluto TV. Is it? There's I a whole to, Love Boat I channel. Start. I need to start watching but it. But also, um, mm. it's actually, I think it's on Paramount. No. I think it's on Paramount Plus. Isn't the whole series? I'm I'm baffled by how much Paramount owns because they kept buying. They just kept stuff. acquiring yeah, stuff. Yeah, they acquired all the stuff. So and it's it's on Paramount because it's a CBS. It's an Aaron Spelling show, so yeah. they have it. Even though the show aired on ABC mm-hmm. originally, right? Oh my gosh, Love Boat! You got to do. We could we could do a whole uh, show just on Love Boat and. I yeah we could I mean I'm definitely gonna have you back because okay this was just a taster's choice of TV this <laughs> was all over the place this was just an eavesdropping of our lunch date a few weeks ago or whatever you know yes. we do this every time um, you said you had something you wanted to talk about to wrap it up oh I was just gonna say you know one of my favorite episodes of um, designing women is actually a, a sweet and cheesy episode which you've probably seen because it, we just went through the whole thing it so. stars the the incredible miss dolly parton oh yeah as uh, charlene's uh, guardian movie star uh-huh. and it's called i always have to make sure i say the episode <laughs> name right because it's such a ridiculous episode it's the first day of the last decade of the entire 20th century yeah and it's it's a two-parter and it takes place on new year's eve mm-hmm. um so that would have been 1989 to 1990. Yeah. And they're all at the hospital because um, Charlene, which is uh, the incredible... Um, Jean Smart. Jean Smart is having her baby. And um, they end up like... So they're in the maternity ward. And there's like this 103-year-old woman who's also in the maternity ward because she's in the hospital. All her family has passed mm-hmm. on because she's so old and she likes to be near the babies. And so they kind of hang out with her, and she tells them their her life story, kind of a thing. I remember that, yeah. yeah. And I'm such a, I'm such a, I'm so, you know, crying at the drop of a hat. <laughs> that episode gets me every time. And this woman says this one line right before she dramatically passes away. She oh. gives her last piece of advice to everybody, which kind of goes for TV today, or just mm-hmm. kind of society today. She, her father, told her her father, who was like you know a slave back, you know, right? She said. The father would say, we ain't what we could be, and we ain't what we should be, but at least we ain't what we was. Oh, I love that. That gives me chills. Isn't that amazing? Think. I love that. I, I mean, I could talk about this for hours. I know. Like, we're not even skin deep on this thing I know. yet. Well, and like I said, we jumped. I think we went from 75 shows to now like 275 shows right. in 45 minutes. But, you know, it's just like the Disney episode we did where we talked about everything Disney and came back around to the beginning and... There'll be other episodes. Yeah. Because you and I will never stop talking. Maybe your listeners can tell us what shows they I would want love us that. to chat about yeah. or get a little nerdier about. I was about to say, because we did. We skimmed over the entire history of television a little bit. So now yeah. we need to dig a little deeper because we could. That's what we do. Please remind all the all of the listeners of your uh, handle on Instagram because you have a very illustrious, illustrious oh. Disney instagram you are much too kind but i love it i live for your your instagram thank you it's at exploring the disney world and for a little trivia at exploring the disney world yes the the disney world was a magazine yes it was an internal magazine publication at the company throughout the 60s just to kind of give everybody a heads up so it existed before there was a walt disney world Mm -hmm. and uh they're the best i love if i can get if Ever I get my hands on a copy of those magazines. Do you not have any one copy? No, because they're so 
rare because they i mean back then the company was tiny mm-hmm. and it was just internal. well and they were just sort of like an internal memo but disney being disney no no they're beautiful well though. that's what i mean like it, any other company it would be an internal memo oh, this yeah. is what we're doing but disney's like let's make a whole magazine yeah, it's beautiful but magazine at the end of the day amazing it's photos just, so it's like mm-hmm. you know back backstage stories about you know yeah. the cast of mary poppins what they're doing in la or <laughs> you know updates on the well, world's flair fair or like about disney's plane you and know, i just and, read annette funicello's book and it's just like if you embrace disney and you worked for them you're just you're a disney person till yeah. the end of time and they and they love it and so people love that but it yeah, really was that's a, re- a family that's a harken back to that that's your handle is yes exploring, exploring the, the disney, disney world, world because there's so much in and that you world. do some contests or some trivia i do questions i do q a's every weekend mm-hmm. so where i have uh, followers ask me their disney history questions love it and i try to answer as factually as possible with mm-hmm. at least some kind of a visual to help yeah support or illustrate well, and the that's answer the, that's the beauty of it it's visual and mm-hmm. it's beautiful it's it's gorgeous you do a good job i try like, not to get too dense with the answers because sometimes the question's like this i can't answer this on a single instagram right, story like, slide and that's the thing with disney Something leads to something else always. Absolutely. So it's it sometimes gets convoluted when you try to answer, but you do a good job of Thanks. of summing it up as best you can with you know in the confines of Instagram. I try. Um, and you can follow me on all the medias at Kyle L Henderson. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's walk down the history of television and <laughs> be sure to get your shots. Yes. Wear your mask when you're asked to. Yes. We're almost out of this, I think. We're getting I'm, there. I'm predicting that by the end of the year, we'll have some definite movement on this crazy pandemic. I hope so. Enjoy fall. Watch all your Disney fall movies. Ichab- we just watched Ichabod Crane. And Mr. Toad. And Mr. Toad. Everybody have a great Halloween and I will see you next week. Bye y'all. <laughs>